Welcome to the Big Kid Show. I am your undisputed host, Big Nick. And now, today, joining me as usual, we have my good friends and yours, Mr. B and Marcus. Gentlemen, let's keep our gloves up and have a clean fight. Today, boys and girls, we will be playing Rank Them. This is where us, the big kids, pick a topic and place votes. And now the votes have been tallied. And today... We are happy to be ranking for all of you Rocky foes. And yes, I say foes. Nah. Everyone yes. likes Apollo Creed way too much to refer to these guys as villains. And only I, the host, know the final rankings. Now, when one thinks of sports movies, and more specifically boxing movies, of course, everyone thinks of the Rocky movie franchise. The first Rocky movie titled simply Rocky was released in 1976, starring Sylvester Stallone. Rocky one, as it will later be known as the original film, sparked seven sequels. Rocky is the classic rags to riches underdog story. Rocky Balboa is a simple man trying to make it in the boxing business. He is uneducated working-class Italian-American boxer working as a debt collector for a loan shark in the slums of Philadelphia. Big-time actor and household name Sylvester Stallone wrote seven of the eight films and directed four of them, and he plays the main character Rocky in all of the movies. The first Rocky was a major hit. Rocky was made for just $1 million and went on to gross $225 million box office making it the highest grossing film of 1976. The film was critically acclaimed and went on to receive 10 Academy Award nominations, winning three, including Best Picture. And when you make that kind of money and win Best Picture, you get to go on and do seven sequels. It's in the movie maker's handbook. In Rocky <laughs> Rocky Balboa and Rocky's trainer, Mickey Goldmill are looking for a break and Rocky is looking for love. The movie starts in 1975 when heavyweight boxing world champion Apollo Creed announces plans to hold a title bout in Philadelphia during the upcoming United States Bicentennial. Now our generation, as we are too young and for younger generations as well, we have to point out just how big of a deal the nation's Bicentennial celebration was. It was huge. And Joe Biden will tell you, you only get to turn 200 once. So Apollo <laughs> informed before the fight date that his scheduled opponent is unable to compete due to an injury. So Apollo Creed decides to spice things up a little bit by giving a local a chance to fight the champ. Creed selects Rocky Balboa, an Italian journeyman Southpaw boxer who fights primarily in small gyms. Rocky agrees to the fight, which will pay him $150,000. This is major life-changing money for Rocky, Ooh, buddy. who does not own a car and lives in a seedy, run-down apartment. So, we voted on and ranked six Rocky foes, and we will count them down and present them to you in the old six-to-one fashion. I will also tell you the number of votes received for each fighter. And I'll give a little spoiler slash teaser right here. It was a very, very close race. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, big kids, big girls, and big boys, let's start things off. First up, number six on our list, 
And from the movie Rocky Five, it is Tommy Gunn, played by real-life boxer Tommy Morrison. Yes, so Tommy Morrison. So we could even get into that. Tommy Morrison, his professional, his actual professional career, not a bad boxer. He went okay. he went 48-3 and 1 with 42 knockouts. Wow, that was better than I thought. Yeah, he was he uh he actually held the WBO heavyweight title in 93. Um and again, it's one of those things where every once in a while you'll see these movies where they'll give an actual athlete a role. Well, they gave him one and I mean again, yeah. as I did my research, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was I mean, he was pretty legit. I mean, that's three losses, one draw. That's that's What that's year was box. Rocky 5? Rocky Five was because if he if he was the champ in '93, I'm just curious how close the movie was so to when Ro- Rocky was Rocky when Five he, was released November 16th, 1990. Also before he became yeah, champion. this was before he was champion, so he clearly had a great record beforehand. Yeah, well, that's impressive. Um, he went and got the championship after. That's and so if you guys remember Rocky Five, it was following Rocky Four where he fought the uh, indestructible uh, Ivan Drago. And it, it, it was one where uh, it's it's the one movie I can remember where Rocky at the end the end fight is not a fight in the ring. Remember he it was a street fight. That's yep. right. Yes, yep. and it was one though that was probably voted the worst Rocky movie. I mean, I I think it was the one that it was the only movie in the Rocky saga to have lost money at the box box office. They uh, there was an interview with Sylvester Stallone, and he was like, he asked him, he was like, rate each of the Rocky movies out of ten. He gave this one a zero. Yikes! So he even rated it. Yeah, he he even rated that one a zero. But what was funny was, so if you guys want to go back, you said previously, Big Nick, that Rocky one cost basically a million dollars to make. Mm -hmm. Rocky's salary for that first film twenty three thousand dollars. Uh, Rocky Five, his salary was fifteen million dollars. Oh, that's a wow. that's a that's a sixty five thousand two hundred seventeen percent pay increase. Not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, it's I not mean, bad. I'm happy when I get a four percent raise. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> but the reason why I'm assuming we voted this guy so low was it was just it was not a very good movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And he was he was a foe that if you guys remember from the movie, he was a guy that was looking for a break. He came up to Rocky. He's like, "Hey, help trade me." And then uh, once he started to win, he got uh, kind of stolen by a guy that was mimicking a Don King. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and they they even talked about that. Yeah, they kind of credited it like, "Oh yeah, that was kind of a ripoff of a Don King." To the point where then he jumped ship and like everyone kept calling him uh, Rocky Shadow and then they ended up street fighting. So I clearly see why he was the worst foe because his he fought him in the street and R- Rocky still kicked his ass. So well, and I think um, even so, you mentioned he he rated that as a zero. Um, I actually read that even Stallone was motivated to make the next Rocky movie because of the disappointment that was Rocky V. His actual quote was, I felt obligated to try and end the series the way it should have ended. Well, so yeah, and it was was one of those ones, remember we've talked about those Golden Raspberry Awards, those terrible movies? mm -hmm. It it was nominated for seven of them, (laughs) including Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Screenplay. And so, yeah, it was one that... 
I think the the thought was good, but just well, let's be it, honest. I mean, it's hard to make a good trilogy, let alone when you get to the fourth one. Well, you know. and, and you, 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 a little side note, you know why it probably didn't do so well? It was released the same weekend as Home Alone. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So it was. It was released holiday season. Rocky Five finished. It actually finished second behind Home Alone, but still didn't make the money that it's normally used to. And, um, yeah, that's that's clearly why we voted that guy number six on the list because yeah, he was. Just I the, think. I think a couple of the other Rockies, mainly Rocky Four and maybe the first one, I think were released in December as well. And maybe they wanted to follow that formula because they had such success with other ones. You have to wonder yeah. too, with with Stallone writing the the stories, I always thought maybe he was using Rocky Five as kind of a vehicle to set up the premise of him eventually training his son. Because remember, a good deal of Rocky Five is spent on the relationship between him and his son and Rocky and Adrian falling on hard times, hard times, daddy. Um, but <laughs> and, and then, you know, Tommy the gun is kind of like Tommy gun is kind of the son that, that Stallone never had, yes. that Rocky never had. He trains him and it turns out to, to, to um, you know. Rocky falls on his face as being a trainer because this guy, the gun gets corrupt and he goes to, he goes to the dark side and, and he falls yeah. in with, I think the guy's name was the Duke, but yes, yeah, you're right. You're, it was supposed to be, it was like the movie version of Don King, yeah. which was so perfect for the Rocky franchise anyway, because the Rocky franchise, especially with the foes and the opponents. And, and we'll see that as we go through several of these, a lot of them were based off of real life boxers. So mm-hmm. how fitting to have this, this guy that, that nobody really liked, but yet he's polarizing where you have the movie version of Don King, who was such a big part of boxing and what many people thought was wrong with boxing for so long. Well, and yeah. even I think when they started to write that film real quick is uh, I read some stuff that Rocky wanted to emphasize like that. He had a lot of, brain damage from Rocky four. Mm-hmm. And then they realized that got a little too dark. And so they kind of changed it. So it's one of those movies that I think the writing changed as the movie was filming and that never works well. And that's why you end up with a, yeah. a bad movie with also leads to a bad foe. So there's our number six there, Tommy, Tommy, the gun. And I should point out the, the highest possible points or or votes that one fighter could accumulate through our voting process would be 18 and Tommy Gunn received five votes it's pretty low pretty low so that brings us to number four and no I did not I did not make an error there because we have <laughs> no number five on our list that's oh. right ladies and gentlemen because we have a tie Ooh. for fourth place split decision so i'll go first first up we have thunderlips coming in at tied for number four with seven points thunderlips makes almost should win because of the name (laughs) makes his only appearance in rocky three and many people are confused by this but rocky three is also the first time that we hear the song eye of the tiger by the rock group survivor and the the first two films bill conti's gonna fly now is the theme song now interestingly enough hawk hogan who plays thunderlips 
Back in the early 80s, Hawk Hogan's walk down WWF theme music was Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Wow. This was before it was changed to Real American, which is regarded as the most iconic entrance music in wrestling history. (laughs) That's right. The great Hawk Hogan plays Thunderlips, who is advertised as the ultimate male and the ultimate object of desire. Thunderlips (laughs) is a professional wrestler who fights Rocky in a fundraising boxer versus wrestler match in Rocky three. However, Thunderlips wants to prove to the crowd and to the TV viewers that wrestling is more superior than boxing. So rather than being concerned with the actual fundraising part and the entertainment value of the event, he wants to beat the crap out of Rocky, who is yes. not just the boxing <laughs> champ, but also very much on top of the sports world in the movie. So Thunderlips calls Rocky meatball several times, which is hilarious, and sets out to destroy Rocky. However, after Rocky fully accepts that Thunderlips really wants to hurt him, Rocky decides it's time for the gloves to come off. And that is number four, Hulk Hogan playing Thunderlips in Rocky Three. Honestly, who thought of that name? Like, yeah. I, I still can't get over the fact that somebody, you know, people sat in a meeting room and they were like, all right, guys, I got an idea for the next, uh, next opponent for Rocky. It's called Thunder Lips. And Love somebody it. was like, yeah, man, that's a Lock great it. idea. Yeah, that Lock guy, that guy, that guy's now the janitor at uh, MGM Studios. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, one thing that I find interesting is I always thought maybe there was a chance that they wanted to use Hulk Hogan's name, his wrestling name. Um, and we'll get into that in just a second. But I, I think that they went with Thunder Lips because he's not just supposed to be a wrestler, the character, but he's also supposed to be like a heel. Like he's he's not even a, a likable guy in the world of wrestling, let alone going like a, up against a America's shit, champ. Shit, yeah, like a shit talker. Right. And but back then, and I, I don't know if this holds true today, uh, if it's still the same way, but back in the 80s. There was a lot of legal battles with the WWF and some of its superstars because the WWF, if you worked for them, if you were a wrestler and under contract, they owned your wrestling name. They owned your character, everything about them and your likeness. So like, which is, is your image, your face, your, you know, so they, uh, Jesse, the body Ventura. had several legal battles because he was breaking into Hollywood. Remember he was in the predator. And he was not allowed to use the name The Body, and he actually had to quit wrestling to go into Hollywood. So you can imagine there was probably a lot of these same squabbles going on between Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon when uh, WWF was big and Hulk Hogan was breaking into Hollywood. I found it hilarious, though, that that back in 82 and 83, uh, Hulk Hogan was using Eye of the Tiger as his entrance music. Which, yeah. which we all know he was in Rocky Three. So, well, and I, I thought I heard somewhere that actually Hogan got let go, based upon the fact that he wanted to be in the movie and was in the movie. Yeah. So right. it actually kind of put a dagger into his WWF career, you know, which is kind of crazy to uh, play a role called Thunderlips. But hey, whatever, whatever trips trigger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tied for number four from the movie Rocky Balboa, Uh, we have this Rocky foe played by real-life boxer Antonio Tarver as Mason the Line Dixon. Mason the Line. 
So it's kind of interesting because he, um, just like, you know, Tommy Gunn and uh, Tommy Morrison, he was a real life fighter, like you said, Big Nick, and he was 31 and six in his 39 fights. Not, not bad, not bad. So not bad. I mean, you know, he, he definitely uh, wasn't, you know, um, didn't have three defeats, but had six and all six of the losses he had were by decision. 22 of his 31 were knockouts, right? So it definitely wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like it was his last thing. Uh, but, do you, was he a heavyweight fighter as well? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. So, um, but yeah, in that movie, you know, I mean, he, he puts up a pretty good fight. I'd say to Rocky, you know, he knocks him down to a knee and what's, uh, his cornerman puts it as it's the last, last round of his life. And, uh, <laughs> that was done very well. Good job. Thank you. I thought it was pretty good. And, um, you know, he, it, you know, as Rocky's leaving the arena, of course, it's announced that Mason, the Dixon line ends up winning, but, well, uh, and, and yeah, cause I love that movie. It was Rocky's kind of, on his last end legacy. And he was like, I think I have a shot. And remember that was the way they did the, uh, like the digital fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so they did the simulation and yeah. Rocky actually won the simulation. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of what, what stoked the fires for the actual fight to take place. And, you know, Rocky in the movies, you know, in his sixties, which in essence, Stallone was as well. Um, you know, but, uh, but still, no, it's, it was a badass. Still, still. And it's interesting because that, uh, in that fight, uh, there have been some other ones where they had talked about, you know, choreographing fights and stuff. But that actually that fight between those two was not choreographed. So Stallone had said that he wanted that fight to look as real as possible. Mm-hmm. And kind yeah. of that planning each punch as they'd done in some of the other movies. They slugged led, it out. Yeah, it led to some, what he thought was some unrealistic one, uh, looking fights. So he actually said that on one of the... Uh, uh, Blu-ray commentaries. He also said on the Blu-ray commentary uh, that he almost named the movie Puncher's Chance. Solid choice, Stallone. <laughs> Not naming it Puncher's Chance. Well, way to go with awful. Rocky Balboa. I like it. But uh, do you guys know who actually uh, Stallone wanted to play that role ahead of Antonio Tarver by chance? Oh, it's got to be somebody really goofy like uh, Floyd I, Money Mayweather. I don't know. What, was it a no. real boxer? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll I'll spoil the fun quickly here. It was uh, Roy Jones Jr. There you go. Yeah. So he made, according to Stallone, he made thirty-two phone calls and not one was returned. So at some point, he decided he needed to move on and you know and go on. But the the movie itself was actually inspired by George Foreman, which if there's boxer fans out yes. there, he had a '94 fight with uh, Michael Moore. So you know, forty-five-year-old Foreman. One by knockout, and that one became the oldest ever heavyweight and, champion. And he sold so, grills for days, son. Exactly grills for days. Don't step on them, according yeah. to Michael Scott. You grill your foot. <laughs> well, you Mark, you talked about the the choreography for the the fight scenes and whatnot, but I don't know about this movie in particular. But I do know that for a lot of the Rockies, one thing that Stallone insisted on was sparring with several of the individuals that were trying out for the role of his opponent. And, and sometimes he, sometimes he would spar with dozens and dozens of people before, before finding the guy that he thought was perfect for the role uh, for the, the opponent in that film, because not only did he want them to be good as the character and good on screen, but he wanted there to be a natural flow between the, the actual yeah. fight between him and the individual. Yeah. Well, and I, I also imagine part of that too, Big Nick is, uh, I mean, uh, Sylvester Stallone's not a tall man. 
So I think you also have to, when you start sparring, like you got to make sure the size difference doesn't look too ridiculous. Yeah. Right. You know, because they're supposed to be heavyweights. You know, I don't know if I would ever put Sylvester Stallone as a heavyweight. I mean, what at his heaviest, he probably weighed on maybe 200 pounds, but yeah, maybe. I mean, but I, I think. Um, I think you would be surprised at what the heavyweight division actually starts at. Like I thought, it's, I thought it's, it was two twenty five or something like that. I could be off, but two twenty five sounds right. It, I do know that it's it's lighter than I expected yeah. when I was a kid. Like right. I thought all those dudes were like yeah. two sixty and, uh, and up. I, I think when Rocky did Rocky one, he probably was one seventy five, but he was just he was a big muscular guy. So right. you know, yeah. that's where well, you get it, the movie kind of movie showmanship. And to, to clarify, uh, Mr. B, I probably should clarify one of my earlier statements. I don't want to get uh, torched here by our viewers, but our listeners. <sighs> but uh, he was actually a light heavyweight, but he did win multiple oh, championships: okay. the WBA, WBC, IBF, and Ring magazine titles. So, okay. gotcha. um, and IBO uh, light heavyweight, and then like a cruiserweight too. So, I mean, the guy he he was a winner, yeah. you know. And, oh, and, yeah. and it's interesting. And this was the first time in the, uh, the series of any of the Rocky movies, the sound effects for punches were the actual punches. Nice. I love that. So Stallone says in the previous films, uh, some of the editors were using like different recordings. Like, and some of the stuff is crazy. Like sound engineering in, in itself and, and special effects and that kind of stuff is always interesting. But they used a, a mixtures of like shotgun blasts and bottles breaking and chains rattling and baseball yeah. Bat hitting wet leather. How's that for a uh, sound effect? In Rocky Three against like uh, Mr. T, it sounds like they're using a drum machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, Mr. B's professional sound oh, effect yeah. company. <laughs> no, and I don't know if you guys remember also from that movie, uh, there was a really awesome like inspirational quote that he gave to his son out on the street. Yeah. And that one's one I actually, I just, it's funny because we, Right before we did this episode, I saw Rocky Balboa on TV. It happened to just be something I was watching. And that quote, like where he's just talking about, like, he's like, no, you, he was trying to motivate his son about life changing stuff. And it really, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a really awesome kind of it's heavy. scene. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great quote. I mean, yeah, honestly, it's, I, that, it's, it's a good scene. And is anybody going to say what the quote is? Or are we just going to keep well, no, dancing it's, around? It's a, it's a long scene about just talking oh. about like, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, don't let people tell you who you want to be. You got to go out and fight for it. And that's why he was like, he's like, that's why I'm going to, if I want to fight, I'm going to fight. Like, I'm not going to let people tell me what to do. I, I may be old and this guy may kick my ass, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best. And I, I, it was just, a, it was an awesome inspirational kind of scene. It's worth yeah, I mean, just for that alone. It's it's a really long quote, Big Nick. But I mean, the one line that's kind of the standout from that one, or one of the standouts, I'll say, is, um, you know, he, he says it's it ain't about how hard you hit; it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? And that's like one of the big, the big pieces of it. Although I love it. The quote starts off with "The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows." I think it's yeah. going to go into like a unicorn. Uh, <laughs> but no it, it um <laughs> but it, it is a great quote man honestly yeah. uh, i think i saw the quote before i actually saw the movie and i was like oh man that's yeah that's no it's, stuff. it's a good scene so, so. hey so number three Mason. yeah let's let's recap here real quick there gentlemen and pay attention to how cool these names are that they that they came up with so at number six we have tommy the machine gun with five <laughs> points. <laughs> and then tied for number four, we have Thunderlips with seven points. And Mason 
the line Dixon also scoring seven points. So it was tight for six, five, and four right there. Uh, Between five to seven points for those three slots. And now we see a big jump in points for our number three foe on our list coming in with 13 points total. Next up at number three from Rocky, number four. It's the Soviet's prize champion, the Siberian Express, and the Soviet Army Infantry Captain Ivan Drago. I must break you. (laughs) So, all right. Well played. When we did our voting, I was shocked that this guy dropped to number three. I I had him higher than that, but that's that's okay. I had him at three, so he landed right where I thought he would. So, (laughs) Ivan Drago. Uh, just to give you a little little background based off the character, uh, before he even went professional, he had 100 wins with zero losses as his amateur record. He was 6'6", 261. And the infamous, if you guys remember, 2,100 pounds per square inch punch mm-hmm. if you, if from yeah, the movie. Awesome. So, and I had to look at this up. I was like, you know, obviously it's a movie. Uh, there was... One of Mike Tyson's hardest punches, they estimated at 1,400 pounds per square inch. Whoa. So and that dude would hit like a freight yes. train. So again, he was built like a tank. Built right. like a tank. But I, what I love to break people. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy that, so I, when I was looking this stuff up, I was like, you know, you guys remember, did he say a lot of stuff in the movies? No. 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 <laughs> He, his, there's a, I actually had it somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing my notes. I'm sorry. Well, if you think about uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren, who played the role, I can't, the movie name is escaping me, but there was another role where he was like a uh, soldier, like a robot. Universal soldier. Universal soldier. He had like, what, 10 lines in that movie too? So, yeah. So, so Drago um, says 46 words in the whole movie. Hmm. And, More than and, I thought. and his longest his longest string of speech becomes after the Apollo fight. He says, "I cannot be defeated. I defeat all men. Soon I defeat real champion. If he dies, he dies." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, "Dude, who wants to fight that guy?" Right, dude. Chatterbox so, over there can't can't be well, quiet. And some of the stuff that I was, I mean, obviously. Rocky Rocky Four is actually was one of my favorite movies, just because I love the uh, the training scene. So Rocky has to remember he has to travel to Moscow, and he's training in some snowy shed, and he's like running around and lifting logs, and that training scene. That's actually uh, the gym I work out at. They'll play that randomly in the background. It'll be the the, tra- <laughs> the training montage from Rocky Four. You up, but uh. That I was mean, the song "Hearts on Fire." Yes. No. No. Well, that, that, that's one of the songs. There's a. There, it's called "Training Montage," is what it's called. There, guy. Right. Don't right. Get, yeah. Don't give me lip. But, is that uh, actually the name of the song? Training the montage. Name of the, type in Rocky Four soundtrack, and you'll see it on there. Wow. Yeah, but the, right. but come on now. Let's. The song was "Hearts on Fire." Well, no, it's not. <laughs> it's Mister B's we're, favorite song. We're not doing jazzercise at the gym. <laughs> But there, there, there was a scene. So if you guys remember in Rocky Four, Drago actually fights Apollo Creed first, right? And he ends up killing him, mm. right? Uh, yeah. So uh, mm. in the actual acting scene, there's a scene where uh, 
he actually throws Apollo Creed like in the air, like four feet. And Carl Weathers like was like, fuck this. I quit. Like he was about to Are walk. You serious? <laughs> yeah, because because he thought they were like staging the stuff and what's his name just basically was kicking his ass and throwing him around and he was about to walk off stage like fuck wow. this. Yeah, I mean but you have to imagine 6'6 241, he's a huge yeah. dude. Yeah. And just so I again, I'm shocked he dropped to number 3. I for sure thought he would be our top pick because he could punch through concrete blocks. Well, so was that is so that is that Dolph Lundgren's actual like stats? Dolph, like he's Lund- actually Dolph Lundgren is a big man already, and then of course in the yeah. movie they make him even bigger. So okay, yeah, they probably put lifts in his boots or yeah, shoes. He, he, he might have been had a couple lifts, but I mean, you get, watch the movie again; he's just chiseled and huge, yeah. and especially when you see him standing next to Rocky. I mean, what Sylvester Stallone's like five nine. I mean, it's yeah, like a it's a good foot difference. <laughs> it's something crazy. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. I wouldn't fight him. <laughs> yeah. So again, disappointed he dropped the three. He was he was one of my top ones because he's just he punched through everything and he was the inhuman man that just you could not couldn't stop him. Well, force. And that movie had a lot going on. Of course, you had the death of Apollo Creed. Yes. And you had uh it was the traditional, you know, it's the Cold War. So you have Russia versus the good guys, America. And then to top that <laughs> off, you have you have Dolph Lundgren, his character Ivan Drago, who's juicing. You know, he's shooting up yeah. with steroids they to did, make him they, this, they did this show, superhuman. Yeah, they showed a scene where he's getting injected stuff. You're right. And then then you know, Lundgren looks just like he looks like the the perfect spitting image of of the the russian champion you know the tall chiseled perfect jawline gold blonde flat top hair you know white boy and then his his wife in the movie down, uh, yeah, bridget a- nielsen is is like a mirror image like the female looking version of Dolph lundgren it's kind of weird <laughs> and did you know that Ro- uh, rocky ended up marrying bridget nielsen yes yes yeah, that's, Did she I, ever marry that guy that wears the clock around his neck from, uh, from Who knows? Because <laughs> I know they, let's I know they were, I know they were doing it for a while. Well, they were doing it. Just so you know, my my backing evidence for why he was the best foe is Rocky Four was the highest grossing sports movie for 24 years before it got beat by The Blind Side. Ooh. So it, wow. it it was the highest grossing Rocky movie of all the Rocky movies. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, it's funny because if you look at that movie and you watch it, I mean, he does a pretty convincing job of the role, you know, being the Russian guy, but he's Swedish, which yeah. I guess with the blonde hair, maybe you could put two and two together. Well, but. And, and again, they made sure that he only said 41 words. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, we, that, that's how you make him sound very uh, not you know, human, like very robotic and Russian. Like yeah, I break you if he, dies, it, he dies. It makes sense though, because Drago is supposed to be like the, the machine built by Russia to yes. defeat yeah. a, the American sports athlete. And so he's supposed to be brainless and robotic and he plays that role very well, which is, which is, I mean, shocking because I think if you can look this up, but I've, I've heard that, that um, Dolph Lundgren is almost like genius level IQ. Like he's some, some incredibly bright 
individual that just for whatever reason always gets cast to play these guys well, that never speak. Yeah, because it's his physique. I mean, look at him. He's huge. So, yeah. Well, he was in like 70 plus movies. So, I mean, yeah. obviously the guys are, you know, talented. Yeah. So, yeah, he played He Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you that's go. A, that's a good sign right there. It's right in. All right. And you know what? I I knew that it was going to be a battle for number two. I'm with Mark. I didn't think that it would be much of a battle for number one, but I thought given our age and the time frame that Drago, I thought it was going to be very tough for him not to end up as number two, but he finished at number three with 13 total points or 13 total votes. That brings us to number two. So next, this is one of my favorites. Ranking in at number two, we have Clubber Lang with 14 points, inching out Drago by one point. Clubber Lang is from the 1982 boxing movie Rocky Three. James Clubber Lang is played by the great Mr. T. Mr. T is one of the most recognizable characters and stars of the early 80s. I think to call Mr. T a superstar of the 80s is an understatement because I think outside of Michael Jackson, Mr. T may be the most iconic and recognizable figure of the early 80s. And Rocky III was Mr. T's big break. Now, I want to point out that I think that Mr. T was destined for greatness no matter who discovered him or where he got his big break. But yes, it was Rocky III before the A-team before WWF wrestling and so on. Now, we could do a whole hour on Mr. T and maybe someday we will, but back to the character <laughs> of James Clubber Lang. Clubber was 27 and 0 when he became the number 1 contender and challenges Rocky to a fight for the championship. As a kid, I always thought the Clubber Lang was based off of Mike Tyson as a lot of Rocky's foes are based off of real life boxers. I thought it's because of Clubber's boxing style mirrors that of Tyson, who is arguably one of the greatest real life boxers of all time. But Clubber's character won matches using power and intimidation. Clubber would land a series of quick, powerful knockout style punches to defeat his opponents in short order. But Tyson did not rise to the heights of boxing greatness until years after the movie was was released. So years after the character of Clubber Lang, Clubber Lang is said to be based off of a combination of Sonny Liston, Larry Holmes, and George Foreman. Now Lang famous for his powerful wild hook punches. One of my favorite scenes in any Rocky movie is the unveiling of the Rocky Balboa statue scene. When in front of TV crews, Clubber interrupts the ceremony to inform both Rocky and the public that he is the number one contender and Rocky has been ducking him and fighting bums instead of fighting Clubber Lang. (laughs) He reminds Rocky that Apollo gave him his shot and Rocky should give Clubber his. He calls Rocky a puppet and a sucker with no guts. He calls Rocky a coward who has no heart. And then he addresses Rocky's wife, Adrian, by telling her, hey, woman, since your man ain't got no heart, I bet you'd like to be with a real man saying, I bet you lay awake every night dreaming what it would be like to be with a real man. Now I'll tell you what, 
why don't you bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight and I'll show you what it's like to be with a real man. Ooh, Mr. T fighting words right there. Absolutely brilliant both in real life but in his portrayal of Clubber Lang as well. He should have won some yeah. of some awards for his <laughs> acting job that he did in Rocky 3. So listen to this. Years ago I heard an interview with Mr. T and he was asked you know, how with such little acting experience, how were you able to play the part so well? And he said it was simple. He studied the character in the main personality trait of Clubber Lang that he identified with is that Clubber is mean and that he is mad at the world. So Mr. T said it was simple. Just like you trained for a fight, I trained for the role. So I had to make myself mean and mad at the world. He said that he spent his days eating raw onions, like eat, like eating them like apples and what? forcing himself to sleep on the stairs instead of in his bed. Oh and so he, he, yeah, so he got mean. He got mean. <laughs> and I, I tell you I what. Eat the food, eat my cereal. I love <laughs> <Or> my <Mr>. onions. <laughs> I love Mr. T and I love Mr. T as Clubber Lang. I, I, that scene when he is calling out Rocky and he's, you know, he's wearing that like that that Indian style leather jacket. He's oh, got yeah. his mohawk and the beard and he's wearing the, the, yeah. the feathered earrings that are just like draping around his shoulders. And he's, <laughs> he's pointing and he's got the gold on and he's, he's calling them out. I mean, the guy was, he was made like God molded and made that man to be in a Rocky movie. <laughs> I mean, he's an intimidating guy. You just look at him, you know, and especially like you said, the way they had him in that movie. And then that is a pretty powerful scene. I mean, you know, I feel like with anybody who's a boxer, even outside the Rocky realm, you know, you always see it with these guys when they come to the weigh-ins, right? And they're staring each other down. It's, it's a lot of an ego battle before the fight even begins. So with that scene, it kind of lays the groundwork of, uh, of the the duel to uh, to take place. And and Mr. T was always a badass anyway. So like, Oh yeah. yeah. You know, all you have to do is if he's amping it up and becoming more of a badass, then yeah, that's eating raw onions, sleeping on the steps. I pity the fool. What's he that? calls the, he calls the champion a coward. And then he tells the, the, the manager, Mickey to shut up. And then he's basically telling Rocky's wife, come over to my apartment and I'll sleep with you and teach you what it's like to be with a real man. I mean, that's yeah, you, well, that, you do not actually, that is, he's going to make our list of assholes from the eighties then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he ended up being the, uh, a good compliment to Rocky in that movie. And I think it, you know, hence the popularity of, of do you that. happen to have like, did they ever list what they, like his uh, size and weight were? Did I miss that? Mm. I just was curious. I mean, if you don't have it in front of you, no big deal. I, just, I don't just, have it in front of me, but of course, I mean, he went on to all kinds of badass greatness after that. I mean, he's B.A. Baracus in the A-team. Yeah. They made a G.I. Joe figure of Mr. T. Yes. He I, goes had that, on. I had that G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah, dude. That's worth money. He, he went on to WWF wrestling greatness. Um I mean, the list just goes on. He had his own cereal. I mean, oh, the I, guy I was cereal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got cereal, bro. And that was yeah. that was what was so neat too. Kind of the crossover of Hulk Hogan. We talked about this earlier. Him having to leave wrestling to be in Rocky Three, but then you have Hogan using Eye of the Tiger as his entrance music, and then you have WWF as soon as the movie's over, going, "We got to get this Mr. T guy." And, right. and get him wrestling in, in WWF. Ooh. 
Well, he's just, he comes off as such a character, you know what I mean? And I think with the mohawk and the, you know, the, the beard with that, it's just, he just has that look and feel of a guy who it feels like not your average Joe, you know what I mean? He's got that, that edge. He's like a scarier Kimbo slice. Well, and outside of that movie, he was Kimbo never slice the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Outside of that movie, he, uh, Mr. T was never the bad guy. He was always yeah. the good guy, but he was the good guy's badass. You know what I mean? Exactly. He was the one that you're like, you the know what? If this guy has, like if he has to break a couple rules, we understand. Yep. If he has to, you know, just bend break, the rules a bit. Break somebody's leg just to make stuff happen. <laughs> what do you got to do? Cool point. <laughs> he made it cool to be the good guy. You know what I mean? Because you feel like you always get the guys like that that are the bad guys, you know? But to have that guy as the good guy. I, I feel like I'm the Mr. T of our crew. Well, <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't get Stan too far. Mohawk. <laughs> I won't get too far into it because I could get onto this for days. But, uh, you know, uh, Mr. T in real life did serve in the military. Yes, and he did. afterwards, he was a real life bouncer at a pretty badass uh, establishment. And the way that he got his break was Stallone was watching some kind of competition on NBC that was for the world's toughest bouncer competition, <laughs> and, which, which apparently I, I, I know he was a contestant. I've heard rumors that he won. I don't know for certain that Mr. T won, but uh, that's where Stallone first saw him. And, and, and T had to try out for that role. There were other individuals, yeah, and in I, fact, I'm there sure. were real-life boxers that tried out, and T won the role. And more importantly, hey, it's it's the, Mr. T. The character, Clubber Lang, talk like you know him. <laughs> was was originally only going to be in a small portion of the movie. But but Mr. T did such a great job with the character that Stallone extended the story so that mm-hmm. he would be he would become the main bad guy in in Rocky yeah. Three. And it worked out, honestly. I mean, it, it, hell, it made him our number two on our list. So clearly, he well, knows and, what he's doing. And Rocky's trainer called him up. He's a wrecking machine. <laughs> he's a wrecking <laughs> machine. <laughs> oh, All right. So nice. that is number two. I think we should go ahead and and uh, run through these real quick. At number six, we have Tommy the Machine Gun. At number four, tied for number four, Thunderlips and Mason the Line Dixon. At number three, Ivan Drago. And at number two, we have Mr. T playing the role of James Clubber Lang. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, that only leaves us with one more spot. And coming in with 17 points out of a possible 18 points. Next up, and number one on our list from, of course, Rocky 1 and 2. And as Rocky's opponent uh, goes... Rocky one and two, but also a major character in three and four. And I'm sure referenced in every Rocky movie, we have the master of disaster, the king of sting, the count of Monte Fisto. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Apollo Creed. <laughs> Apollo Creed, played by none other than Carl Weathers. Um, yeah, he, he was he was definitely a mainstay of the series. Um, right. You know, when it came out in 76, like you said, Big Nick, I mean, I think it shows how big of a character he was with how many appearances he had, he had in the, in the subsequent movies. Right. Cause with a lot of these guys, you see him in one film and then they're done. Yep. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, he was uh undefeated 33 year old world, world heavyweight champion in the movie. Um, and he actually had a couple of nicknames. You, you 
rattled off one of them there, Big Nick. He was also known as the Master of Disaster, the King of Sting, the Dancing Destroyer, and the Prince Ooh, of Punch. The Prince, Prince of Punch. Punch. <laughs> Prince of Punch. I, I like the ca- the Count of Monte Punch. That's got to be my favorite. God, as well. I want that to be my nickname. The That's Count a pretty of good one. Well, and obviously we don't disagree with too many other people. So in 2013, they did a poll actually with uh, former heavyweight champions and boxing writers, and uh, Creed was the second best boxer in the the Rocky series, second only to Rocky, Rocky. himself, Rocky Balboa. Right. So, you know, obviously we. Uh, we did that. But yeah, I think we kind of talked about it on, you know, the the fight being on the bicentennial, um, you know, and the whole premise of the movie. Um, I think I think what's interesting to me about him as a character is the fact that he had multiple, multiple, you know, role appearances. And then what spun off even after the Rocky movie with now, I'll admit, I haven't seen the two newer Creed movies, but Creed, I believe it's Creed and Creed too. Yeah. Right with yes. with those movies, so it kind of became its own awesome movie. So obviously, he stretched even outside of that, um, and you know, Stallone himself had kind of mentioned with the the title he was inspired to write Rocky in general after watching Chuck Wepner's 1975 title fight with Muhammad Ali. So he was a journeyman heavyweight who knocked down the champ for only the third time in Ali's career. So it was kind of the same principle with the original Rocky movie, right? Rocky was kind of this, you know, underdog that kind of came up and Apollo Creed was, was the, uh, you know, the, the big deal in the sport based upon that. Interesting enough, uh, Wepner later sued Stallone for cashing in on his life story and they settled that <laughs> court. So there's that. You got to um, check. You got to check. Exactly. But um, one thing that, I, I know, well, another thing I found interesting is, so other than Burt Young, who played Polly, none of the primary actors in Rocky were the first choice. So boxer Ken Norton was actually lined up to play Apollo. I remember Ken he, Norton. Yeah, but he actually dropped out uh, at the last minute. He went on some show on ABC and then Carl Weathers auditioned shortly after and got the part. Um, but they mentioned that uh, he insulted Stallone's acting during the read through uh, the, uh, oh, the yeah. through, <laughs> and lied about having boxing experience. So yeah. it, <laughs> it's like, you know, he, he must have really crushed it for uh, for him to pull that those kinds of stunts and still make the make the role. Plus, Carl Weathers greatest role was in Happy Gilmore. So, you know. Yeah, that's it's true. all in the hips. It's all in the hips. He should have used the same advice when he was fighting Rocky, but, uh, you know. Well, and, and Ken Norton left the NFL to become a boxer, and then his son, Ken Norton Jr., was a great NFL ball player, and he, oh, he's yeah. a coach. He's a defensive yeah. coordinator today, I believe, for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, uh, I think one of the stories that I saw for Carl Weathers was during the sparring portion for the tryouts, he hit he actually hit connected on a punch to Stallone and hit him a little too hard to which Stallone pointed out, Hey, calm down. You're getting too excited. <laughs> this is just a, this is just a tryout. We're just having fun here. And Carl Weathers looked at the director and said, Hey, I'm an actor. I'm just acting here. Maybe if you got me a better actor to spar Ooh. against, I wouldn't have accidentally hit him so hard. And the director informed Carl Weathers, you just punched the actor, not, not some <laughs> villain, and the guy that wrote the movie. You just punched the, the guy, guy that wrote the movie. Which, which and, is funny, funny revert, revert back to what I said, that 
in Rocky Four, Apollo or uh, Carl Weathers got his ass beat by him, and he was about to walk off stage. So, <laughs> so think about that for a second. Stallone was, I guess, Stallone was so impressed by Carl Weathers the person and how he reacted to to hitting Stallone too too hard that he right then he's like, "You got the role. You're you're in, you're Apollo Creed. You're you got to have somebody that's got that swagger." And, and and actually, one just bouncing back for a quick sec. Um, I think it was the Ivan Drago movie where Stallone actually got put in the hospital. So I don't know if you guys heard oh, about no, that. Yeah, he did because uh, he got punched so hard, and like you his, know, his, his heart, heart got his hit. rib cage or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously, Stallone likes guys that uh, punch him in can, the face. <laughs> can punch him. Yeah. I'll, I'll punch but, him in uh, the face right now for a roll right now. So originally, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the choreographed, but originally that fight wasn't choreographed either. Um, but I guess when they got together in their first rehearsal, it was just like total confusion. So they ended up asking Stallone to map out the punch. So he actually came the next day with like a dozen pages of lefts and rights written out. And they actually rehearsed it almost like a dance for weeks, referring to like footage of their rehearsal to see what needed to change. So some commitment, obviously very committed. One of my favorite scenes in any sports movie is from the the first one where they're going the distance with each other, Apollo versus Rocky. And that part where both of their faces are just bloodied and yes. they're both sweating and they're tired and they've they've been fighting for what feels like forever. And you see the two of them look at each other from across the ring and both of them like give each other the look of like, are you going to give up yet, man? And both of them give back the look of not yet. And then both of them are like, shit, we got to keep fighting. Like, yep, <laughs> that yep. moment of not giving up with either of them was just absolute pure joy and in, in, in a perfect uh, part to any sports movie. Now, I think you you referenced uh, Chuck Webner and Muhammad Ali. And, I, and I, mm-hmm. Apollo Creed, very fittingly, is loosely based off of Muhammad Ali yes, supposed yes, to be yes. very, the, great, the greatest of all time. The, the, the smack talker, the guy that's not afraid to put you in your place in the ring, but also put you in your place verbally and also can showboat and talk up the fight and hype up the fight quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and one thing about the, uh, the fight itself. So <laughs> it's kind of funny, but there's a good reason that you don't see the audience in the fight scenes. So if you go back and you watch the fight, it's actually very dark and very black outside Mm -hmm. the ring. So due to a tight budget, they actually didn't have enough money for extras to fill the seats. (laughs) (laughs) So if you think about it, if you go like (laughs) back in time, you know, could you just pick people off the street and say, Hey, you want to be part of one of the greatest films in history? (laughs) I'll give you, I'll give you 10 bucks to sit here for 20 minutes. Yeah. You don't get any money. You just get to come in and watch this, this thing. I would have done it though. Yeah, you know yeah, when when crazy. they were done filming the first one, Stallone in real life had no money at all. I mean, the guy was flat broke as hell. Oh, yeah. So he was so broke to the point that his dog in the movie is his real life dog. They didn't pay a dog to <laughs> to, to be in the movie. They and used his stunt dog life. come in, and-, and he was so broke before they started filming that he was trying to sell his dog because he could not afford to feed the dog. Wow. Um, they offered him like $300,000 for the, for the rights uh, to, to Rocky. And he, he turned it down. Um, and, and what a smart move on his behalf because he ended up yeah. making millions and millions oh, yeah. and millions of dollars off of it. But uh, 
Yeah, what what a fantastic movie. So um, that rounds out our top six of Rocky foes. A couple questions real quick, gentlemen, before we wrap up. Any surprises for you in the way of the rankings and how they worked out, Mr. B? Yes, so I did. So it's... Again, I thought uh, Drago would have been bumped up a little higher than he was, but it's interesting. There was a a quote I saw um, from actually Sylvester Stallone that he actually believed the best best boxing fight in the history of cinema was him versus Dolph Lundgren. Really? He actually quoted that himself. He said, he's like, I believe that that was the best thing, but that was probably the only big change. I mean, obviously, Apollo Creed is number one. I guess I, I, I thought uh, Dolph Lundgren would be number two or Ivan Drago, but, you know, yeah. it, they were they were very close, so that's okay. But, yes, that's, to me, it was pretty well-rounded, and, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we know our Rocky foes. <laughs> well, and we had a tie for number four with Mason the Line Dixon at seven yes. points, Thunderlips at seven points, Clubber Lang only inching out Ivan Drago by one single point, 14 to 13. And Apollo kind of running away with it out of a possible 18 total points. He scored 17, meaning me and Mark both put him at number one. And Brian, you put him at number two on your list. Now, one thing I had to do for myself, because I I enjoy all these Rocky foes so much, it was tough for me to put this together. And I wanted to put it together in some manner that was fair. So I created an unwritten rule that didn't apply to you guys. But I came up with an (laughs) idea of, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I gave, I showed favor to the, the foe that actually beat Rocky in the movies. So that would be Ooh. Apollo beat Rocky at one point. Clubber Lang beat him at one point, And so did Mason, the line Dixon. Okay. So, fair. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I see what you're saying. And personally for me, Apollo and Clubber are, are far and above and beyond the other foes. In fact, Personally, I think Apollo is my favorite Rocky character. Even I, I like him even better than Rocky, to be honest. <laughs> and the one thing that I want to point out, too, if we're going to follow the storyline and and, the, and stick true to the storyline, we have to keep in mind that Apollo is probably the best fighter overall, according to the story. I mean, out of all these guys, Rocky included, when he and Rocky square off in one and then again in two, Apollo has already been the undisputed champ for quite some time, and he is in the twilight of his boxing career, and Rocky won and probably should have already retired before the big fight in Rocky two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, he was 33 undefeated in the first one, but I mean, yeah, he's definitely at the... But, but so Drag- Drago was also undefeated. True. Yeah. Yeah. He's more at an amateur level. Fighting tomato work. cans out. No, he was, he, even his pro record, he was still undefeated until he fought mm-hmm. Rocky. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's I. I will say. I mean, you know, not to pat my own back here, but uh, the way the order played out, it, you know, I must have helped it because it's pretty much well. And that it. leads me to my question for you, Mark. Mark, you voted closest to the final results. I mean, they were almost identical. So take us through yeah. your general thought process there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to me, Apollo is a pretty, pretty standard number one. I mean, I think he, for obvious reasons, with the stretch across all the different movies, I think makes the most sense there. Um, Clubber Lang and, and Ivan Drago, it was a little close for me, but 
I just like Mr. T too too much. To, I, I if I'm being hundred percent honest. Like he's just Mark such love the A team. <laughs> yep. Hey, I honestly love the A team as a kid. So there's probably a little bit of uh, you know, bias there outside of even just the Rocky series, but uh that gave it the clubber. And then I think, you know, Ivan, you know, as as Brian stated, even um Rocky himself uh, felt like it was one of the better fights. So mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think Thunderlips, you know, him and Mason Dixon is kind of a toss up for me. Um, you know, and then Tommy Gunn. It wasn't even a real boxing match. I no. the thing about the Tommy Gunn is I, I think that the premise of the story isn't bad. It just didn't really click. Yeah, you know? they, they didn't deliver no. it very well. Yeah. And it didn't do Tom it didn't do the character of Tommy the gun any favors in our countdown here today. No. I mean, yeah. had had they actually squared off in the in in the ring. Yeah. Um, I think we would have a different opinion of exactly. of Tommy the Gun as a as a as a foe. Well, Big Nick, dude, do you want to hear at least what uh there was actually there's multiple rankings online, but there was one that was Cinema Blend, and we can kind of I would like to it. hear some. Yeah, yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's interesting. So if we follow there, so at sixth place they ranked Thunderlips. At fifth place, they ranked Clubber Lang. Fourth place. Wow. Tommy the Machine Gun, number Wait, three. Wait, Clubber Lang comes in at five. Yes, I'm just this based. It's based off. I'm guessing way. they went Thunderlips at six just because he's not even a boxer. Yeah, and then number four, Tommy the Machine Gun. Three, Mason the Line Dixon. Number two, Ivan Drago, and then of course number one, Apollo Creed. But see, th- the problem I have with that ranking is Clubber Lang beat Rocky Balboa. And I understand that Mick died right before the fight, and there's a lot going on in Rocky's head, and he he simply got outboxed for two rounds, but he got his ass kicked in those two rounds. Well, but you're you're, you're getting to the, probably the question of ranking by, like, who's your favorite? Who's the toughest? Th- this ranking was actually ranked by toughness. Just so you know, I mean, I'm just reading it what it said. So, not saying Thunderlips is tough. Come on, uh, yeah, he was he was last, <laughs> and again, uh, I was surprised Clubber Lang was fifth on that list. And again, that was a cinema blend, I believe, is what it was. But there was a million of them online. So, yeah, there's probably a bunch of them out there. One of my favorite radio personalities of all time had an interesting take on the rocky movies as a whole and and just like trying to apply them to real life he's like so you mean to tell me that ivan drago is the champion of a whole country and a whole continent and he loses one fight to this guy and then he's never heard of again like he just disappears (laughs) into oblivion like the whole country turned their back on the whole soviet union turned their back on on ivan drago when he lost to uh uh stallone And, and not only did he lose to balboa but the russians are cheering for balboa by the end of the fight which is just kind of bizarre russia went dark the other (laughs) thing he pointed out he's like how does clubber langdon not get a rematch considering that he was the number one undefeated uh contender beats balboa then balboa beats him in the real world of boxing we've seen a best two out of three a rubber match plenty of times it's and, called, and it's called movies <laughs> it's called movies i i get it and then the other funny thing that he points out is um keep in mind that adrian's brother was an abusive drunk asshole in the first movie. And then he somehow slowly morphs into this likable, funny character 
a but couple movies a, later. But he's still an <laughs> asshole, like even throughout the whole thing. He's he's yeah. the guy that ruins him and spends yeah, all his money. He's beaten Adrian up in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, and then he's an asshole again. He's a, he, yeah. he maybe throws, he should be our number one asshole of the whole he series. He throws the Christmas dinner out the window. Remember, he's like, You you want your freaking bird? Here's your freaking bird, and he throws <laughs> he throws the turkey out the window. Man, yeah. Ooh, rough. Oh. Ooh, all right, that all was, right. Ooh, that, was, that was that was a good top six though. That was a good rank. It was, guys. It was a good rank. Well, very well done, gentlemen. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege, and I appreciate your time. And I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to our Rocky Rankum. Check us out next time. We are the big kid. Yeah, Adrian. <laughs>